Hi, and welcome to the I Believe Podcast, a podcast created and funded by acureinsight.org. Here we'll be sharing information and insights on treatment, research, and living with ocular melanoma. Thanks for joining us today, and I hope you'll be back soon. Uh, so my name is Danae Peterson. I am with Acure Insight. I run their social media page here on Instagram. And I had the idea about a month ago to start gathering stories of people who have been diagnosed with ocular melanoma like myself, um, like many of the people within the nonprofit who just have been dealing with this for, you know, months, years, many, many years, which is a good thing, honestly. <laughs> um, so this is someone that I was able to connect with um, because she started following our page. And we connected, I think, on, I don't remember if it was on this page or on my other Instagram, like on my personal Instagram. But um, she was excited and ready to share her story. So this is Nicolette, and she's from the East Coast. Uh, she was diagnosed September 2020, so right in the craziness of COVID, just like me. Um, I was only diagnosed about six and a half months ago. And, you know, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but Nicolette is younger. She is 22 years old right now. Um, and she just finished college, I believe is what you said, right? Yeah. Okay. So I just want you to go ahead and just dive in, like pretend like you've never shared your story before with me and I don't know anything and talk to me about like the beginning and the middle and where you are now. Okay, so like you said, my name is Nicolette. Um, I'm from Westchester, Pennsylvania, so a little bit further from you. But um, and so I guess I can start. Um, I just am a recent graduate from Kutztown University. Um, I'm in May. You know, I say to everybody, like I was living a perfect life. Everything was awesome. I was just graduating. Obviously the world was crazy because it was COVID and everything like that, but I was having a great time. I was with all my friends up at school. We were quarantining together. Um, everything was just going perfect. I found an amazing boyfriend. My family was awesome. I want, and the one thing that was commonly through this was we, my family was all healthy. And um, so we were just kind of like, going day to day. And I came home in June. Mm, hold on one sec. Again, everything was going great. Summer was awesome. And I just kind of was like, you know, living, wanting, ready to go into the world. I just graduated. So, you know, I just was like, here's the next step. So I luckily landed a job right out of college. Um, not many people did because of COVID and everything, but I, I was lucky enough to land a job right away. Um, and I started in August. Um, and all of a sudden, I, well, I guess I should say, um, I'm, a tragedy happened in our family. Our One of our really good friends had passed away. And um, she, it was a tragedy. And we were doing one of her favorite things. She loved to work out. And one night we all got together and we were working out outside and without a cloud in the sky, it was sunny. It was not no rain at all. There was a rainbow in the sky and we kind of believe in signs. We knew that that was her saying she was okay. And I looked up at the rainbow and I was like, I can't see it. Like It's weird. And I kind of shut my one eye and I was like, something's wrong. 
I started to see dark. It was like a curtain coming down and I was like, something's wrong, but you know, I've been upset. I have contacts, something, I'm just going to kind of throw this behind me and just keep moving um, in hopes that it would wake up in the morning and it would, it would go away. But um, unfortunately that was not the case. Um, I then on Sunday went to my mom and I was like, something is actually wrong. And um, I don't know what it is, but we have to get it taken care of. I was scared. I mean, you know, you, all of a sudden you're seeing everything perfectly normal and all of a sudden it was taken away. So I went to the doctor, my eye doctor, and he thought it was a retinal tear, which here I am like retinal tear. It's curable. We can probably, I'll be able to see again, you know, and he sent me to a retina specialist where our, um, my retina specialist had found a mass. Um, probably one of the hardest things about all of this whole experience has been being alone. Um, with COVID and everything. My parents were waiting for me in the car on this appointment and I got an ultrasound of my eye and the doctor said that he had found a mass that was um, in the back of my eye. And I kind of looked at him in blank stares, like, what? Like, what, what are you saying to me? And I literally said, can I please call my mom? And he said, yeah you can. And he explained it to my mom and I got in the car and I, I was like, what is happening? You know, it's kind of, you're just, you hear that, but it wasn't, I wasn't diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer yet. Um, I was kind it of, it was just like, here's a tumor in your yeah, eye. There's a tumor in like, your eye, but we don't figure know that out. Yeah. So they said that they wanted me to go to Will's Eye Hospital in Philadelphia. Um, and we're very, very lucky to have Will's Eye right around the corner from us, basically. So where do you live again? Sorry, remind me. I'm, yeah, I'm in Westchester, PA. So Okay, so you are in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania. So I'm about like 40 minutes kind of to Will's Eye Hospital. So um, that has been such a blessing. We are so lucky to have such amazing doctors and nurses down there. Um, we, I, it was in, so then I got an appointment at Will's Eye Hospital on September 28th. Um, where I went to Shields and Shields Oncology, um, where Dr. Carol Shields became my oncologist. Um, she then diagnosed me with ocular melanoma and our life was turned upside down. We, as a family, my parents and my sister, um, who have been absolutely the, my rocks through all of this, um, were waiting in the parking garage on FaceTime um, when, they were, when I was diagnosed. Again, the hardest part out of all of this. I'm 22 years old, just graduated college. You never think you're going to get diagnosed with cancer, but being alone has been probably one of the hardest things. Um, I was diagnosed and she told, one of the one things that I kind of was just like, I want to know was what did I do to get this? And, you know, I said to her, what did I do to get this? And she said, I want you to know you did nothing. It's not, and it was like, she knew me. She said to me, it's not how many times you've been on your phone, what you've eaten, what you've drank, what, where you've been in the sun. Yeah. She said to me, it's not how many times you've laid on the Jersey Shore beaches. You did nothing. And I, for one second, I could breathe a little, like, I know that I didn't do anything to get this. This is just my body. But then here we are, I'm six and one million people. And so many people say, we, we already knew you were special, but what is, how is this happening to you? You know, but I totally get that. Um, yeah. And 
So that's kind of where I was. So I was diagnosed in September. And then on October 1st, I went into, you know, plaque week. Um, I went for the a crazy time. Um, so I got my plaque in on October 1st and removed on October 5th. Um, so it kind of was like, you know, what I had no idea what was happening the whole time. Like it just was, but I was lucky enough to have, um, they put a like more of a lead shield over me. So my family could be with me, um, in the hotel room for the five days. So that definitely was awesome. Um, just support and just kind of, you know, what, what is happening? But the doctor gave me this plan and I kind of went on. We, we didn't have any questions. They knew what they were doing. And, um, I had no idea and I still kind of say like, I still have no idea, but we just kind of are learning as we go. Um, so I had the plaque radiation removed on the fifth and then kind of was taken from there. I went back um, in February. I had luckily had clean scans um, to know that there's no active cancer in my body. And they did tell me that if they did remove the tumor in my eye, um, it would be cancer free. So that was a huge relief um, for sure. But then then it's when it sets in and I, I physically feel most uh, amazing. I feel great. Mentally, it's been a game. And, you know, when I tell people that I can't see, I can only see out of one eye, that it's kind of like, what? You know, like... You, no, like, yeah, it's, it's like they don't, they don't look at you and go, hey, you can't see out of that eye? Like, right. but what do yeah. you mean? Like, yeah. you should be fine. Um, and I don't know how big your plaque was, but I know that my plaque was really big. Um, so like, if you get like up close and personal, like my eye still looks pretty nasty and it's been like six months. Um, I still can't open it quite as much as the other one. Like there's just a few complications that just for me, I notice, but most other people, they're just like, no, you look great. Like you're not, you don't, you're not a, what is it? Quasi- Quasimodo is that his name <laughs> you're not Quasimodo anymore like you your eyes open like you're fine I'm like well yeah but my eyes blind <laughs> don't come up on my blind side or I would be pissed like <laughs> yeah my poor kids all, yeah it's that's probably one of the hardest things you know it's like I'm just like getting news amazing news um that there was no cancer and all of that has been so awesome and then <laughs> it's when it all set in I was like it's like, oh, this cost me how my sight. I, yeah, in this how life. am I supposed to just go back to normal when I, you know, am, can't see? But it's yeah. been such a journey, and I, and I say to people, the reason I keep going is the people I surround myself with. Um, like I said, my my parents and my sister have been literally the my rocks, and the reason why I keep going. Um, my boyfriend has kind of just come into this whole thing and just kept going, my friends, my family, and the doctors and nurses just know exactly what they're doing. I mean, I was dropped off for surgery by myself with nobody because of COVID. And those doctors and nurses were like, let's do this. We have you. And um, for that, I'm super grateful. But so that's kind of where I was, where I was and where I am right now. Um, I just, uh, two weeks ago, I just got laser therapy on my eye. Um, to try to break down scar tissue. Um, and then I do get injections every four months. So that is kind of right now. And every six months I do get scans of my body. So hopefully 
And, but I can't think about those scans. I have to focus on now and that's how I kind of keep going. And um, that's kind of my journey and how I kind of landed where I am now. Um, it's, it's been a ride and I, but one thing I do love is to talk about it. You know, when you, when you, so many people are kind of like, should we ask her? Should she looks fine, so we're not gonna ask her. But I'm like, I wanna, and I wanna talk about it. I love, this is who I am. And it kind of has now in my life fueled a fire in myself to keep going and wanting to go and, and wanting to continue. And when people say, what can I do for you? If they can do one thing, go get your eyes checked. I mean, I was lucky enough to get a sign of losing loss of vision, but if not everybody does, yeah, not everybody does. And I feel like if using these resources and being connected to people who know exactly how you feel is definitely what gets us through. And oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's um, where I am now. No, I love like listening to you talk about this because you are, I mean, I feel like there's, there's, there are, there are some rare people I feel like in this kind of a diagnosis and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe many of us are like this and not to say that we don't feel defeated or anxiety ridden or any of the big, huge feelings that come with this kind of a diagnosis, but I feel like there is a, maybe a rare bubble of people who are able to look at this and go, okay, like, what's the gift? Like, what's the gift in today? Where can I find the gift that's happening right now? And I feel like you're definitely one of those people who has just taken this as it's come and just said, okay, like, I have to deal with this. Like, I have no choice. I have to deal with this. But at the same time, like, I'm not willing to lie down and be depressed and be sad and be angry at the rest of the world that this has happened to me. I'm going to advocate for people. I'm going to advocate for myself. I'm going to share my story and I'm going to connect with as many people as I can so that I don't feel alone. Um, and that's, that's how I felt. Like that was like hands down with any hard experience. Like I'm, I'm not much older than you are. I'm 29. Um, and with any hard experience that I've had from the time I was 22 when I had my first baby and I had postpartum depression till now with eye cancer, I have learned how to lean in to that community and to just lean into vulnerability and to be okay with telling people I'm not okay. And I need, I need your help. I need your support. I need, you know, your prayers. I need, my gosh, I'm going to try to not get emotional, but like, I need that. And I think that someone like someone like you, who's willing to put yourself out there, who's willing to talk about this, um, you're going to be the reason that someone else who gets this diagnosis and comes into it with that victim mentality of like, how come this happened to me? And they're stuck in that, in that mindset. Someone like you is going to be the reason that they come in and they say, wait, hold on. I don't have to stay here. Like, yes, I can feel sad. Yes, I can feel angry. I can feel all the feelings that come with this kind of a diagnosis, but I don't have to live there for the rest of my life. I can, I can pick things up. I can have a positive attitude and trust my doctors. I can just take things a day at a time. And that is what I see you doing. Like literally just taking life by the reins and you're like, you're not willing to back down. Um, and I love that. I think that's going to serve you really, really well, like for the rest of forever. And let's just like someone else said, let's just like, keep on like sending all the vibes that like, you know what, like, let's just, we're going to be here like in 20 years, 50 years, we're going to be here and we're going to grow old and this cancer isn't going to take our lives. We'll be fine. And um, so I wanted to ask you, you mentioned um, having like just dealt with a loss right before you um, were diagnosed. 
what has been something like knowing that you have dealt with or you have maybe been confronted with death and that this is this is the kind of diagnosis that if you're if you're unfamiliar with ocular melanoma it's an extremely rare and aggressive cancer and what this means is that even if it's taken care of in your eye like you have a plaque radiation that's successful and the cancer is killed in your eye there are still anywhere from a you know a 10% up to i think a 70% chance that somewhere in the next 2 to 5 years of the future or even longer for some people this could just suddenly show up one day in your liver or your lungs. And so like that unknown and that uncertainty, that feeling of like helplessness can be really, really, um, I feel like detrimental to our mental health as patients in the cancer world. And um, I know like for me, like one thing that has helped has been focusing on like how, you know, yes, that's uncertain, that unknown is there, but that unknown, that unknown is always there. Like the possibility of us getting in a car accident or something tragic happening in our lives different than cancer is always there. And so like, I try to ground myself in the fact that like, I don't have cancer in my liver or my lungs. My eye is responding to treatment. I'm fine. Like right now, even if I can feel that anxiety, I'm fine right now. So I was just going to ask you like, what is something that maybe, um, could you like link it back? Like, do you feel like that's maybe helped you knowing that like loss is there and that that possibility is there? Um, I guess to confront this and not be so paralyzed by the unknown, so to speak. Yeah. And kind of like what you were just saying, like my mom always said in the beginning of this, um, feel all the feels, feel all of them, do all, feel all the feels, but do not unpack there. And it, taking that and not on and not unpacking but keep on going has like definitely been why I'm I'm going up getting up every day and you know trying to keep going and unfortunately I did have to uh, leave my job um because it was so it was so new and I was in very a hard spot I did like had just started and I just was trying to get on track and the one thing that I could control in my life because I couldn't control my eye was the things that I had to eliminate. And one of those was my job, but um, that also is fuel to fire in me. You know, I want to keep going. I want to be, I'm 22 years old. I have so much in the world to do and see. And because of that is the reason I'm like going, but linking it back to, you know, just feeling that loss, but also feeling the feels of, it all happened at once. And I feel like there was no time to digest any of it. And I just feel like, you know, we're given, we don't know the reason why we were given this. We might never know, but one day we will. And like you said, if we can help that one person, that's, that's kind of why I keep going, but it's, it's just so it's crazy. And some days I wake up and I'm like, you know, is my eyesight there? Do I have anything? Like, you know, because, you know, I have talked to people and somebody did say, I do relate this to losing somebody and losing because you are going through that grieving process of your loss of vision. And then kind of, you know, how people are so in the beginning of a grieving process, everybody's there and everybody is, right by you and won't ever leave you and then life has to go back to normal and life for us 
with ocular melanoma being diagnosed, life won't go back to normal because we have that worry. You know, I get in the car every day and I check the weather a million times. Is it going to rain? Is it going to be dark before I get back? You know, I have that worry. I, I text my mom saying, is it going to rain? Like, is it, is it, what's the weather? Can I, is it okay? You know, that's a worry for me. And I like, can I even drive? Because like, it's anxiety producing to drive in the rain. I know I like, we had this crazy storm when I went to pick up my son from school and it just like came out of nowhere. Like it wasn't in the weather forecast, just dropped. And I was just like, okay, like I can't, I can't handle this. Like my kids are trying to talk to me. I'm like, mommy can't talk right now. Um, it's just a test. Like, I feel like we need bumper stickers. Disclaimer. <laughs> I don't like the rain and I have a blind spot. Like it's a big one. For sure. And I think that just, you know, it's seeing the people who I surround myself with to keep me going is, but I also have found out if you probably a lot of people on here um, that know me, know me well and know that I'm a very happy go lucky person, you know, every day is a good day. And if there's something bad going on, you know, there that's a worry because so many people just know who I am and know what I'm about and how I keep going you know just very positive outlook on things and I've learned through all of this that it's okay not to be okay and I didn't know what it was like to be not okay but um being a 22 year old girl wanting so much when you came out of college and that kind of be crumbled I you you feel like you have to it's okay not to be okay. And to realize that has been so an amazing thing for me because I'm kind of, you know, dealing, everybody deals with it differently, but um, being able to realize that and keep going and surround, have those people, you know, I say to people, I learned this. I wish, I would wish this upon not anybody, but I've learned this and I'm learning how to live with it, but check in on your people. You know, check in on those people who you you just want to make sure are okay. And I have found that I've taken a step back from checking in on people because it's it's kind of, you know, you take that and you're like, I am going through something that I don't wish upon anybody, but I don't know why I'm here and why this is happening. But, you know, taking, realizing all of that and knowing that it's okay not to be okay, but there are people who will be there to hold your hand to make you okay is what keeps me going. And like I've said a bunch of times, my family and friends and my boyfriend and my doctors and nurses, they are the reason why I keep going. And that will forever be something that I will never forget. My mom constantly says to my sister and I, what you give out in your lifetime will come back to you. And at 22 years old, I wish I never in a million years had to find out what that really meant. But I'm lucky enough to say everything that I have given out in my life did come back to me and um, forever will be grateful for this experience, but as well as the being able to share my strength and share what I'm trying to overcome and who I am and why I'm here because of it. So um, I did have one friend who said to me, and he's probably on here, I think. He said to me, um, Nicola, we never thought that you would ever 
win a fight. But if it was a fight, if we, if, if it was any fight that you would win, it would be this one. And I know that I kind of take that with me and kind of, I'm like, I did fight the fight and I will fight the fight for the rest of my life. And it isn't easy, but because of that, um, that positive outlook on things and being able to connect with people who know exactly how I feel, I will win this fight and I will keep going and I will help others fight the fight. And it's been, it's, it's been crazy and it's been a whirlwind of the past seven months, as you probably know. No, for sure. You take it and you run with it and you have to, there's so much for us to see. And although it might be with one eye, I say ocular melanoma will never change my life, but gives me such a reason to want to live it. So I love that. Yeah. So there's so much more in life to keep going. And at, at a young age, we, you know, there are some people who, most people who get this aren't young, aren't, you know, aren't, might not have what we will have maybe technology wise and what, what they will find in the future. And we're lucky enough to be a part of that. So, yeah, no, I agree. Like a part of the research and just those kinds of things. Um, And we can totally talk about this another time too, but I don't know if you've looked into the clinical trials in Philadelphia. Um, I'm in one of the clinical trials right now. And I guess for me, that gives me some sense of like, just because of the nature of like my tumor is a, one of the higher risk tumors. I'm a class two uh, or my tumor is a class two. I am not a class two. My tumor is, um, but my tumor is considered higher risk of spread. And so I just, you know, of course that's, extra fuel to the fire of crazy in the middle of all of this. Um, you know, you go through the plaque leak of hell and then you have, and then you have to wait for the biopsy and then you get your biopsy and it's like, Oh, well, great. This is more news to deal with. Um, and this, I guess the clinical trial for me has given me that, that little sense of control of like controlling what I can control. And I can, I can trust that, you know, that my body is going to continue to withstand the medication well. And, and so far it has, which has been a really big gift. Um, but have you, have you looked into any of the adjuvant clinical trials or do you know the biopsy results from your tumor? Yeah, I'm lucky enough that, um, I'm in the lowest grade. So, um, at the moment right now, they said to me that I don't need to look further into that, um, right now. And maybe, you know, in, in future to come, I hope that I don't have to be a part of it just for, because I am a lower class, but um, definitely super interesting. Definitely so cool. Yeah, for sure. Like see so many people benefiting from it. The research is doing its job and there are, there is a future for people who will be diagnosed with this. There will be things more to help. And I think it's so amazing, but I am lucky enough to kind of just, I didn't have to get into that. So, um, <laughs> Well, that's definitely something to be grateful for, for sure, as well. Um, for sure. And I mean, I guess I feel like if you have to have ocular melanoma, have type one, like <laughs> class one, because that's, yeah. that's at least supposed to be a little better, like, yeah. but it's still scary. You're still confronting the unknown. There still really is no guarantees. Like they tell you, well, we think this is your risk factor, yeah. but they can't promise you anything, yeah. um, it's, which it's is kind of the same for life. Like, we don't have any guarantees in life. Like literally any of us could get in a car accident in five minutes on the road. Please don't be driving and watching this. I hope nobody is driving and watching this. Um, disclaimer, watch the road. 
don't get in a car accident. Um, but yeah, no, go ahead. One thing I have really taken out of this, um, somebody, I love to work out. Um, it's, it's kind of been such a, you know, a stress relief. Yeah, like an outlet. A total outlet. Um, so I, I go to a gym and they do, uh, somebody said to me that you need to focus and say, you are not having a bad day, but maybe your eye is having a bad day. And, um, my boyfriend constantly reminds me, Nicolette, you are not having a bad day. Just maybe your eye is. And, you know, we want to make plans to do things, but I'm always hesitant. I'm married. How am I going to feel? How am I, what if I can't do this? What if I can't see? And what if something happens to my good eye? But he told me a couple weeks ago, let's make plans as if you're going to be okay. And if you're not okay, then we'll revisit it. But you have to keep living. And I'm realizing that to keep going, you have to be, take those and just take that opportunity and kind of go for it. And if you're not okay on that day, then you will figure it out. But you're, you might not be having a bad day, but your eye might. And that I love that. That's a good idea. Like channel the negative energy into your eye because that's the only place it should go anyway. <laughs> right. And that's the, that's the place what has brought me to be so hesitant. You know, my eye is the reason that I am hesitant to go out and do things, but that's, I have to relate that back to just my eye and say, you know, my eye is making me feel this way but I don't feel this way. And yeah, I'm like you're good. strong, you're capable. You can totally yeah. do any of the things you put your mind to. Um, yeah. So have you tried anything? I mean, I know you're, you're, let's see, you got diagnosed in September, treated in October. So we're what, four months, five months into how far, maybe I'm further along than I thought. I like, I swear, yeah, I, I think, think maybe I'm, I'm like eight I'm months. Almost seven. I think. Okay. You might be six and I'm like seven or eight or maybe eight or nine. I don't even know anymore. I stopped doing math. Um, but have you just, I know obviously things have been happening with, um, with the virus and all the craziness of shutdowns and things like that. But have you been able to, you know, do anything in the last little while that you're just like, I, you wouldn't have said yes to that if you hadn't been, you know, in this kind of position right now. Yeah. Or, you know, is there something that you plan to say yes to in the near future as things start opening up and you can do more? Yeah, it's, I guess, like, we have totally, as a family, we totally respected this whole craziness in the world. Um, but we have been taught with this that you have to live life a little bit. And I think that, you know, just being able to, obviously not everything's open up, opened, but being able to just kind of, be kind of able to just say like I want to do that and not think about my eye for a minute whether it's just being with friends being with family being doing little things going out to restaurants or you know one thing like going out to a restaurant I have to be in at a certain spot on the table because I'm nervous that I won't be able to read or I won't be able to see what's coming this way and so there's been things that I've that have taught me through this I've been taught through all of this and yeah, I just kind of like what your comfort level is and what you yeah. what you need and what you need from people um sure. no I totally I, relate to that yeah and it, and I think like you realize it something new every single day you know it's like I wear my glasses sometimes and I'm like 
well, wearing my glasses helps my eye because it might be giving the little vision that I might have, it might be clear. And then I wear contact in my one eye and I'm like, but this is so much better. You know, you're just learning things. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who does that sometimes (laughs) because (laughs) I have glasses, obviously, but I also have a contact, a set of contacts, lots of them that I can wear in this eye, only this eye, because this one, it would not help. And I totally do it one time every now and then, but I can't, I mean, I guess I feel like I deal with, um, visual strain or like maybe more visual exhaustion when I'm wearing my contacts. And so like, if I'm wearing a contact in this eye, I don't really know if it's in my head or if it's just something else. I don't know, but I wear the contact and then this eye starts to hurt and I'm like, okay, what the heck? So I just lately have just not done the contacts, but every now and then like the glasses start to hurt your ears. And like, it's just nice to be able to have that kind of give yourself a break. Um, But I know that that wearing glasses is technically safer um, for keeping and, you know, preserving the good eye, like, sight. And that's, like, what, and I said, like, this, that is one of my huge worries, is, like, what if something happens to my good eye, you know, like, what, how, if something happens to my good eye, I won't be able to see, and that is a fear every day, I worry constantly, you know, like, there's something, you know, if I get an eyelash in there, I'm like, something's wrong, you know? Oh, I totally get it. It's, and you, you you depend so much. And this is kind of like, I know that you're definitely, you probably know your body quickly adjusts. Like your, is your, what eye is your cancer in? Uh, Mine is in my right eye. Right eye. So mine's in my left. But so my right eye, I literally pray at night. I'm like, please be okay. And are, are you okay? Because you are doing yeah, like everything. check in, please. Like you're doing yeah. all the work. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, thank you for just giving me two eyes and being able to see out of that one. And it's just, it's just the little things. And so, I mean, I totally just had this thought, but you know how like people have kidneys, <laughs> obviously we have kidneys, we have two of them, right? And you can live with one kidney. Well, you know, good news. You can live with one eye. Um, just like with one kidney, but at the same time too, like if for whatever reason, you know, we can't live without at least one kidney. So, you know, with eyes, at least, I guess kind of my, my consolation when I have that worry crop up of like, what if I lose the sight in my other eye? Like, yes, that would be a huge, a huge loss um, to not be able to, you know, see things like my kids growing up or just the world around us. Um, That would be a, a big loss for sure. But at the same time, people are blind from birth. And that is something that I definitely trust that like, if that ever happened, I could figure that out. And I think that that's kind of something that you had said to earlier is just like, yep, like whatever comes, like I'm going to figure it out when it comes, but I don't need to like worry about it twice and stress about it ahead of time. Like, like, like you said, you don't have to unpack and live there if it comes up, like you just acknowledge that like, okay, yeah, you're feeling some worry about this. Like, it's okay that you're feeling anxious about losing your eye. Like, is your eye okay? Check in. We're good. We're good. Um, but I mean, I feel like that's kind of all we can do is just constantly have that check-in with ourselves. And you're exactly right. You know, so many people have lived with this forever. And I have an amazing friend who works with, um, with blind children. And it's kind of like, you know, I never thought that I would be where I am, but like her knowledge has helped me. And like, little things. It's just, 
I realize how much you appreciate what you have and what you've had and what I am able to see and what I'm able to still see. And it's, you know, it's, although there's so much to see in this world, it, this isn't going to stop us at this age. And like you said, not being able to see your kids grow up and not being able to, you know, I have so many things to look forward to in the future and not being able to see in that, that thought scares the heck out of me. But the good news is it's just a thought. Yeah. And that's how we have to live right now. That is just a thought. And I will keep going because of that thought. I want to live right now and, and being able to do that. And like I said, people are connecting with people, you know, exactly how I feel right now. And you know, that worry, but you also know that, you know, that strength and you know, what you've had to deal with puts us, shows a lot. And going through this during these crazy times has give, shown me more strength than I ever knew. Like, you know, and you always say, yes, like we are strong women, but this has definitely been one of the reasons, like I have found how strong I am. And yeah. I still have so many reasons to find out how strong I am. I know in my life. And like I said, at 22 years old, I thought life would be completely different. And I know that, but I wouldn't change a thing. And what I, do I want my eyesight back? Of course, but I have to keep going because I wouldn't change where I am in my life right now because I'm, this is who I am now. And when mm. I'm in- Like, and it's totally shaped like your life and the way that you am. look at yeah. everything. I even say like, you know, I go on interviews for jobs and I tell them, you know, I, I just went through this experience. And sometimes people are like, you don't need to tell that. Like, and I'm like, but that's who I am. And that's why I keep going. And that's why I want to make a difference in your company because you're, I just went through something huge tragic and, and a tragedy, but that's why I'm going and why I'm here and why I want to keep going. So it's, it's kind of come back to me and has definitely taught me so much about myself and to be able I would to say you're definitely a resilient person. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But to be able to share my story and be able to bring awareness to this is exactly what I want to do. You know, it's, it's what shapes us right now, but there are so many people in the future who will be diagnosed with this but there's ways that we can cope with it and being able to talk about it and being able to share our stories and show that you will be okay if you keep going is such a, it's, it's an honor, honestly. And yeah, well, I have two questions for you before we wrap up. Um, okay. First one is if you could say one thing, um, maybe just one kind of overarching thing to someone who is in your shoes, you know, maybe they're younger, uh, and very like fresh to the diagnosis and can't see out of one of their eyes. Like, what would you like, you know, and even if it, you know, they don't know if they're going to, let's just say they're newly diagnosed. They're coming to this page. They're watching this interview and they're just like, this sounds like my story. Like I, I could see fine. And then one day I couldn't, um, and they relate to you. Like, what would you tell that person to just go into this experience with, of just knowing, knowing what you know now, like that, about plaque week about um 
you know, just leaning into your people, all of those different things. Like what would you, if you could like wrap it up in like 30 seconds to a minute? Yeah. I guess I would say to them, the reason you might not know the reason now and you might never know it, but take this and turn it into something more beautiful because you are going to be able to see those there are other people in the world who feel just like you and I think I kind of keep going and keep that mindset of that I will be okay and if lean on your people and it is okay not to be okay but like I said don't unpack there keep going and realize that life can change in two seconds but there is the reason to keep living and that is definitely what I've kind of have lived by during this and keep on living because there's so much more to see but don't oh, I love that where you are so okay last question um, and I didn't do this with the last interview, but I'm going to try and remember to do this with future interviews. Um, do you have a favorite quote unquote fight song? Like a song that you would just say, like if when you hear this song, like it just makes you feel so powerful. And I don't know, like I just have a playlist of tons of music where I just listen to it. That reminds me of just like how powerful I really feel like I am and that I can handle things that come my way and just those kinds of things. So if you could pick one song, like what would that one song be? Um, oh, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say, um, I lived, I, oh my gosh, I don't even know who it's by. It's Caleb and Kelly, I think, or yes, yes. Kelsey, Kaylee and Ke- Caleb and Kelsey or something like that. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, it literally wraps everything up. You know, you don't know what's coming your way, but if you keep on going, you can, you experience these crazy things in life but if you lived and with me I'm gonna keep living because of what's defining it doesn't I love that oh and the the lyrics for that song if you ever want to look them up like those of you listening um they're so powerful but it's um essentially just like that you go through life and you have all of these things that happen and at the end of the day you know you can sit back and you can say like with every broken bone that I've faced, with everything that I've faced, I can at least look back and I can say, I lived this life. Um, and I think that is, that's definitely like, I mean, that's just, that's one of my crazy favorites. So that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. That that's like one yeah, of yours too. Sure. But um, I don't know, like just, I guess another one that comes to mind for me, like, yes. And like what Allison said in the comments, she said, I did it all. Um, <laughs> don't mind the karaoke there. I just came out. Um, no, I love that one. And um, another one, just listening to you talk is it's, I can't remember who it's by. There's a few different versions of it, but just, it's called born for this. And just that idea that like, you know what, like you totally can handle whatever comes your way. Like you were born to handle this. Um, and yeah, I just love that. So no. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you feel like you want to share or um, anything that you can think of? Other than, you know, get your eyes dilated. <laughs> People, yeah. get your eyes dilated and see them every them, year. Yeah, get them dilated, get them checked. Um, but I guess to wrap it all up, it's kind of, you know, as much as I can say, keep going. Um, I just, 
the thank yous are endless for me because I've gone through this at this age and being able to right now stand up and thank people because I am okay and knowing that I will be okay um, is probably so is even coming on here and being able to like just thank you and thank you for relating to me and like I want to say you know to my mom and my dad and my sister, I know you're all on here. Um, thank you. And it's to my nurses and my doctors, every person who has come into one of my rooms, thank you. And to, you know, my boyfriend who has kept me laughing and crazy during all of this, thank you. And to all of my friends and all of my family and to any person who maybe have touched me to have this honor of being able to say thank you every person has come into my life during this and changed it because I needed help. And I will be there for anybody else who needs help. I say constantly, I know exactly what to do if somebody is in these shoes, because I've learned firsthand that you can keep going if you lean on those people. So I am incredibly grateful that I had this opportunity to come on here and share my story kind of hopefully get involved in the future. I would love. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, As I'm, I'm feel the same way. Like I want to get involved. I want to, you know, be at different events and things as they start having those again and talk about this more. Like, I mean, I feel like there's just so many different things. Like if we were to just brain dump all of the ways that we could impact in our communities, just around us, like around in our normal everyday where we live community, you know, here in Mesa, Arizona for me and for you in Pennsylvania, um, there's so many different ways that we could just impact and share this and, and be public and be courageous and like talking to people about this and just say like, look, like, I guess like <laughs> cliche as it sounds like I'm still standing. Like if I am still standing, you can too. Um, so, okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. We're going to hop off the live and then we're going to wrap up our zoom. I constantly say, I believe and yes. it's E Y E and that's mm-hmm. how we keep going. So Again, I can't thank you enough for giving me. Oh, thank you. You guys, I mean, seriously, your whole family just for supporting you, your whole community for coming in and just listening to this video. Yeah, I know a lot of these names popping on here. That's awesome. Well, for those of you who are listening, as you're finishing up this story, and as we get this up for the recording, please share this video for Nicolette's story. Just let's spread her story around because you never know. Um, I actually am going to be interviewing her in a couple weeks, but I came in contact with a woman who she is 20 years post-diagnosis and had never, ever contacted or been in contact because Facebook didn't exist. Instagram didn't exist. Her doctors told her you're never going to meet another person with ocular melanoma. So she never looked and she's literally just now coming into our community. And thankfully she's still here. I know like, isn't that amazing, but like such a, it's just crazy. Like we could just sharing this, sharing Nicolette's story could literally be the reason that someone who is feeling isolated no longer feels alone. And who knows, like, there is a community, there, there is, you know, a tribe, there are people who will be there for you, who you can lean into, who you can rely on and relate to, um, and that you are not alone. Like, you are not alone dealing with this, with any other rare cancer, rare diseases. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we will see you guys next time when I do another interview. Thank you so much for joining us today on the I Believe podcast. 
please share and make sure to send this over to friends, family, and to share on your social media. Feel free to follow us on Facebook or on Instagram at a cure insight. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time.